The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 15 and 60, we ran out of time yesterday because, of course, uh, we had to get to that Celtics-Bucks game, which is a pretty interesting one. Uh, but uh, let's finish up here. We do have updated stats for today for these teams. At least uh, the, the cat doesn't doesn't want us to talk about the Orlando Magic. Okay. Uh, hopefully the purring is not too distracting. I'm going to try to edit it out in, uh, in post, but uh, because we're actually going to do post today, let's begin here with the Orlando magic, Danny. Yeah, let's do it. So Orlando now five and 23 on the season and sinking into a one in 10 record since the last 15 and 60 Orlando towards the bottom and everything. They're 29th in net rating, negative 11.3 using cleaning the glasses, garbage time filter, 28th in offense and dead last 30th in defense. Despite all that, 538 thinks they're going to finish 14th in the Eastern Conference, um, 20 wins, and they're not going to make the playoffs. And unfortunately, we don't know timeline. Hopefully it's not severe. Mo Bamba had to exit Sunday's Magic game with a right ankle sprain. He didn't return. We don't know anything about severity or timeline yet. So hopefully it's hopefully it is a brief one. And also a note from Shams Tranian, his inside pass piece on Monday, that the Magic are looking to get assets for Terrence Ross. That it, first of all, it's not a surprise that they are trying to move Terrence Ross, considering he doesn't exactly fit their rebuilding timeline. But the challenge there is, you know, that trying to get capital. That's presumably because they're trying to sell him as a positive asset. And Terrence Ross making 12.5 million this year, 11.5 next year, another benefit of these decreasing contracts. But I mean, I don't see that. As By a the way, like it should, should there just be a league rule in the CBA that Terrence Ross should just make 11.5 to 12.5 <laughs> million dollars every single year in perpetuity. He's it's, been it's on a contract. This will be like his seventh consecutive year on a contract making like between 11 and like 13 million dollars or so. He might have, he it might is remarkable. Like, like we brought that up with Lou Williams a couple days ago, but like Terrence Ross has consistently made more than Lou Williams. Part of that is because he had starter upside at one point, which hasn't really materialized. But you know that the idea behind that with Ross, you, not only is he not an expiring contract, so it's harder to use him as a vessel to take on a multi-year deal, and that could be a way you get a better asset. But you know, maybe a team is interested, and the way that Ross, like there could potentially be value for him, and why the deadline might be more interesting and more p- valuable for the Magic than the offseason is because there are so few teams with cap space. So there aren't, and there aren't a ton of trade exceptions out there in the world. There are a few that are big enough to get him. So potentially maybe the way a Terrence Ross trades happen is, I've talked to him about it before, as being like the second mid-level exception. So it's like maybe a team that's well enough below the tax line for next year that they could sign a player with the mid-level and bring in Terrence Ross, where it's like, okay, you're taking some money off Orlando's books, but I don't think you're giving up like a 
first for that. Maybe you're giving up an all right second for that privilege. Yeah, I had this weird thing where I want the players that I'm giving up positive draft capital for to actually have played well. Yeah, that would be ideal. And Ross, one of the worst defenders on the wing that's out there, definitely can't defend the three. When The rare times that he's been in the playoffs, he really has struggled to defend anybody. He's a guy who can really be attacked both on and off the ball defensively. And so the other problem with him is he's just not really hitting his three ball. He's 34% last year, 30% this year. 35% in 1920, 38% in 1819. That's the year they got him paid, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the year they got him paid. And then he was 32% the year before that. So, and he hit a lot more in Toronto. He's a career 37% three-point shooter. Maybe you could say, well, if he wasn't tasked with taking so many difficult off-balance shots on a team that can't score, it's kind of been the case for his entire Orlando career, that maybe he'd shoot a little better. Okay, I think maybe I can get behind that. But he's just not really a playoff type of player. And the only construction I can think of that would net positive draft capital would be trading him for an even deader contract. I wouldn't think Ross is a dead contract, he's just not a starting caliber player in the nba at this point and particularly not for a good team doesn't even start for the match for that matter and certainly if you're a team who wants to pursue this construction of taking on a shooting guard contract that might be a little bit overpaid and sending back a bad country and giving up for a first round draft pick eric gordon is a much more attractive target than ross's to me right he costs more money but he's a way better player yeah i mean he's been playing really well in this houston win streak so enough on terrence Ross here I just I don't necessarily see that one happening I think there are better players out there who would be available for that sort of package and I Shams's uh report of draft capital such as a first round pick I'm sure um, they'd love to get it there's like two types I guess uh but yeah i mean i think even even a second to me would be too much to give up for a guy who's not a positive value contract uh unless you're sending back something worse uh the magic offense continues to struggle their loss to the lakers on the road they were two for 23 from the field in the third quarter uh there is some good news though that markel fultz is going to be returning he's participating in practice with the team he's been assigned to the lakeland magic of course injury wise this ankle surgery for michael carter williams we haven't heard anything about him each one more had a knee sprain and again knee sprain is not really a true diagnosis you're not saying what the injury is or what the you know it could be mcl could be acl could be anything he did that in actual right he's not a big part of their plans obviously but at least gary harris has been doing a little bit better of late yeah harris he had trouble in the early going i mean was also dealing with dealing with some injuries as has been the case for Harris for a while in the early going wasn't wasn't really producing and then he has he's been in double digits eight of the last nine games that might and that that's really good really good for him you know making making about 39 percent of his threes during that stretch and he's been you know competing on defense which is what you expect and so Harris is in that challenging mode of a player who you know like theoretically for him to get onto a contender probably gonna have to be a buyout because he makes 40 Point five million this year, but uh, no, no, he does not make. Sorry, twenty point twenty point five million. Yeah, twenty point five. In, yeah, that that would be rough. Hey, hey, they could trade him for Russell Westbrook. That he made forty five. <laughs> yeah, they, they good. Good luck with that. Um, but Harris, you know, be good to have a positive part and something that I've talked about a lot over the years is that even on a rebuilding team, you want to have some capable players.
players. So it makes it easier to evaluate the guys that you have. And Harris being on the wing has, you know, that that's made it a little bit easier for Cole Anthony, who continues to move along. Yeah, Cole Anthony, we thought maybe things would regress. A lot of what he's been doing has been based on shot making, but he's continued along with that shot making. 57% true shooting, 29% usage in his last six games. And his negative 2.3 net rating for the season is the best on the team by 4.3 points per 100 possessions. They are 17.1 points per 100 possessions worse with him off the court. And basically almost all of that comes on offense and is shooting for the season, doing it mostly with the three ball. He's shooting 39% on above the break threes. Many, many of those self-created. Hasn't been amazing making shots anywhere else. His long twos, uh, I mean, this is one nice thing about him is that we kind of worried he would shoot too many long twos. He's taken 150 above the break threes and only 49 long twos. And particularly when you consider that their offense doesn't have a ton of other threats, it's good that he's able to get those threes up instead. And he's shooting actually a higher percentage above the break threes than he's shooting on long twos. And then at the rim, not a great finisher. He's only taken 73 shots there, 74 from floater range, where he's about a little above league average. That's something he's going to need to continue to refine because he is he's not undersized, about right for a point guard. He's got some pretty good athleticism, but not a guy I see being an above average finisher in the end, only shooting 56% there. But uh, he's looking like a, a very quality starting point guard. You know, I don't see superstar upside with him necessarily, but certainly one of the league's most improved. And then back to Harris that last sign games where he's kind of rediscovering a shot a little bit the usage is still pretty low but 64 percent true shooting and also just telling again we see this a lot of times and i think this effect can be overstated sometimes like for example all those these last few years with the Cavs, when matthew della vadova would have one of the best net ratings on the team because he's just was a real experienced nba player who just knew where to be and how to play on both ends but harris negative 3.2 net rating during this last sign game period where he's been playing more and playing better uh is actually the best of their high minute players during that span so maybe he has a little something left again as you alluded to though i think it's more likely to come in the form of a buyout than a trade and again he's got to kind of get get in line behind some of these other shooting guards on bad teams and maybe even behind terrence ross i yeah, probably would rather have gary harris than terrence ross but uh and particularly given the fact that his salary at least expires this year but we'll see i i don't see him being a trade candidate the magic will certainly try though they'll they'll try and harris could potentially as an expiring contract it's easier to also leave a little bit of money on the table after the trade deadline to get to where you want to go and considering how much he's he's made over his career that might be might be worth it for him not only for that but to get some momentum for a next contract but we Man, it is crazy to think that I've been working with Helix Sleep since 2015. And I think that's because my story with them seems to really resonate with listeners. If you've never heard it before, that was kind of the beginning of the direct-to-consumer boom. And there was another very prominent mattress company at that time that was trying to convince you that mattresses were one-size-fits-all. They found the one formula, the one mattress that was going to work for everyone. My then-girlfriend, now-wife, and I ordered that mattress. We ended up having to return it because, hey, guess what? Not everyone is the same. And then she did some more research and found Helix Sleep. We took their sleep quiz and we found a mattress that actually worked for us and our body types. And uh, Helix offers 20 unique mattresses. Everybody sleeps differently. And Helix mattresses are designed for specific sleep positions and field preferences. Hot or cold, side sleeper, back sleeper. So take that Helix sleep quiz. Find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. 
and it's shipped straight to your door free of charge it's no risk because you really need to sleep on the mattress in your own home you're like well how should i order this if i can't sleep I'm like yeah you're not going to learn anything by going to the mattress store and sleeping on the mattress where do i take my shoes off do i leave my shoes on but then my feet kind of hang off the bed because i don't want to put my shoes on the bed and is it weird that i'm laying here for more than 30 seconds you can't tell anything under those circumstances you might as well just order it get it sent to your house get that hundred night trial they're 10 to 15 year warranty depending on the model and there's never been a better time to try a helix sleep mattress because they are offering 20 percent off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash capspace easier slash capspace we talk about all the time here on the program that's helixsleep.com slash capspace this is their best offer yet i can attest to that since i've been working with them for nine years and it won't last long with helix better sleep starts now don't forget that slash capspace url to let them know that you came from us man i just love american giant just an amazing clothing company i was reminded again of how much i love it when i drove from california to montana over the all-star break and you know what it's like when you're on a long road trip and it's cold particularly when it starts off warm in the bay and then we get into some really cold areas you're like well i don't want to wear like my jacket in the car but then i get out to fill gas I'm going to be freezing, but the American Giant hoodie was perfect because despite being made out of a nice heavy material that'll keep you warm, it's not too hot as well. So I was able to wear it in the car, not be too hot, step out of the car and still be warm enough when I was filling up gas or going into a restaurant or something that I didn't feel like I needed my jacket, even when it was cold outside. These things are amazingly durable. I proposed to my wife wearing an American Giant hoodie in the Grand Canyon almost seven years ago. I still own that same hoodie. I still wear it constantly. And American Giant has since spread out into all sorts uh, of other types of clothing like their premium slub crew tee the no bs high-rise pant the slim roughneck pant featured in giant magazine issue two every american giant piece is made in america and designed to last no exceptions and it provides year-round comfort so find a closet staple for every part of your spring days at american-giant.com and get 20 percent off your first order when you use that finger code capspace at checkout you remember we talk about capspace all the time here on the program that's 20 off your first order at american-giant.com don't forget that cap space code to let them know you came from us we can move on to the philadelphia 76ers they are now 15 and 13 6 and 5 since the last 15 and 60 slightly positive net rating plus 0.8 is 13th in the league and their offense is still better than their defense 13th overall an offense 17th overall defense and 538 the raptor model believes in their players as as it should 48 wins would be third in the east 88 percent chance of being the playoffs elo based on their play recently less optimistic and that's 78 percent and just well, as let's, kind let's of- talk about their just their situation briefly here now mb did uh, go down for a while with covid before that they were playing really well they were, were up at the top of the east at, at times before he went down he wasn't playing that well personally he's been a little bit better in some games since then he's had like a few like really dominant ones like he had last year but you said you know raptors should have confidence in their players 88 percent chance of making the playoffs i mean do we feel that confident that this i mean is this team really they do have Embiid, but 
are they anything more like if you're going to compare them to say like Chicago and Miami which are two of the other teams that are kind of hoping to separate themselves as not being in you know as being above the play and mix do you see them as the caliber of those teams I do with the huge caveat that Joel Embiid needs to be available and I mean so the overall numbers there the Sixers are 12 and 5 when he plays plus 6.2 net rating in just Embiid's minutes and then they're three and eight when he sits and in in full games when he doesn't play at all and then they've been outscored by three points per hundred possessions when Joel Embiid is not on the floor and that includes the ass kicking that they had at the hands of the Memphis Grizzlies on Monday 126 to 91 Embiid didn't play Seth Curry also didn't play due to a shoulder issue so and when you think about that this is a uh, uh, you know with not only without Ben Simmons but without anything that you could have that ben, you could have acquired in a trade or anything like that they're, they're going to be more MB dependent in certain ways than they have been in the past Drummond is at times a capable backup but he I don't he hasn't necessarily risen to the occasion as a su- supporting starter you know as a replacement starter and I think Embiid's damn good I think that you know some of the offensive stuff in those early stretch felt a little fluky the crazy shooting that they had and I mean Curry's having this great year we'll talk about that in a beat but I think the reason so I'm more optimistic I just believe in Embiid and I think that his ability makes a lot of this defensively make sense and then the offense has been has been good but it's fair to argue that his availability has always been in question and teams like the Bulls and the Heat are more of an ensemble part of the Heat ensemble is out for another month and a half but you know, if you're if you're taking the roll of the dice, I would bet on an ensemble over Embiid in the regular season. Even though I think when he's available, they're the, they're the superior team. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. And and with the Bulls' COVID issues now, and the Heat injuries, and the Bucks have had some really good stretches, but they are also can be thin. And now Chris Middleton is potentially going to miss some time after that uh, knee sprain, or I guess knee hyperextension, they're calling it yesterday. Didn't didn't look that bad. So hopefully it's not going to be somewhere he's going to miss a lot of time. Uh, yeah, I think that all makes sense to me. And they're helped again by the fact that nobody's running away and hiding in the East right now. Maybe Brooklyn a little bit record-wise, although obviously they have not been particularly dominant either. The latest Ben Simmons news oh it's december 15th they're gonna trade him right on december 15th nope i don't see that happening uh a this is i think just some leaking by the sixers to kind of just like get a little momentum going to some degree some of the teams noted are the knicks lakers wolves long been interested kings and pacers have been in there Cavs really don't like ben simmons on the Cavs. i mean i guess they could just create one of the best defenses ever but uh they also would uh maybe struggle a little bit for spacing uh with that group it was so simmons would probably have to play a lot of three for them uh and Shams noting that it's unclear how much traction philly has uh, on any particular move um well and then we can kind of yeah. add in the thoughts from jake fisher on this which right. he had a piece that came out on tuesday morning where daryl morey has this idea of the players that they want to get and right now a big challenge there is availability you know damian lillard's still acting like he wants still saying he wants to be in portland we can take him at his word there and maury hoping that bradley beal becomes available that could potentially happen we'll talk about the whiz later in this 15 and 60 but you know if you have a short list it can be can be kind of hard to make this work and there is you know i guess you could say there's a reason to believe that simmons could be the centerpiece in some of those deals but it's also like a lot of those times when a team is trading a an aging star they're not looking for you know a guy in his 
mid twenties who's already making, you know, making 25% max money and maybe you want to do a more full rebuild. So it finding the right fit could be a real challenge there, especially because some of the teams that might be interested in, in Ben Simmons, like the Pacers came up in Fisher's piece, they don't have either in terms of talent, overall talent level, or in terms of fit with Joel Embiid, they don't have the pieces. So then you're looking for a three-team trade and you're saying, okay, who wants, you know, Sabonis or Miles Turner or however they want to make it work. And I actually think Simmons on the Pacers makes some sense. Yeah, I think he would if they also didn't keep Sabonis and the Pacers getting Ben Simmons. I mean, he's he's another one of these kind of like fake all-star guys like they've already had. I shouldn't say fake all-star, like sub all-star guys, uh, which are obviously valuable players. But you know, I, I don't know how much he moves me needle for that. Maybe, maybe you just get to be really good if you're Indiana with Simmons and Miles Turner and you make a great defense. And that's kind of the foundation of your team. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the one thing that I thought was noteworthy is that Shams noted Sixers are currently asking teams for an all-star caliber player and or multiple first-round draft picks for Simmons. So if it's just multiple first-round draft picks that they're willing to accept, maybe it gets a little bit better. Again, I've just maintained that Simmons' value just is not that high, number one. And then number two, given how much he's paid in his actual production and his inability to perform in the playoffs. And then you th- throw in the fact that the Sixers are like, oh, we need an all-star in return. I mean, that just seems very, very difficult to find. And who knows? I mean, this really could play out until the offseason. It's wouldn't wouldn't shock me and then fisher's column talked about how maybe there's a thought that james harden could be a free agent might be available in sign and trade uh, we'll talk more next time we do news about some of the things in that piece uh, about the nets uh, which i thought were interesting good news is though seth curry continuing to perform for the sixers absolutely and other than missing that monday game with a right shoulder issue he's been having having a strong season 63 percent true shooting on you know 19 usage is, is modest but i mean you can that can work for curry and something that amused me is that the both the efficiency and the usage are pretty similar to what curry did overall that 1920 season in dallas when dallas then moved curry for josh richardson that didn't work out super well for them but Curry is doing it in a different way. The year for the Mavs, it was fueled by, you know, that ridiculous three-point shooting, 45% on a higher volume than he was doing so far, and how Curry has made up some of that, you know, regression to the mean, 45% shooting on the volume he had was unsustainable for pretty much everybody. Instead, Curry now making 61% of his twos, and 72% around the basket is ridiculous, but we're in real small sample size theater there because only 6% of Seth Curry's shots of the season have been in the restricted area. Instead, how he's been so efficient from two is on two-point jumpers. And I brought up the 45% on threes is unsustainable. 58% on long twos is also unsustainable. And Curry, remarkably, that 58% is ridiculous, but he's also taking 28% of all the shots as long twos, which is one of the which is one of the pure highest in the league. It's 100th percentile per cleaning the glass. And Curry is better at those shots than most players, not Kevin Durant, but most other players. It is also just hard to believe that anybody is going to shoot 58% on those over a long period of time so you you ride the wave and there's a lot of positive within within this for Curry, and he's been an important part of their important part of this but it will be so interesting if the Sixers make the playoffs and have a competitive series to see how this offense works and hopefully they will be all available maybe they'll have some new additions via a Ben Simmons trade or reconciliation or something but Curry, you know, he's he's been a positive, clear starter. So I, I'm really interested in where all of this comes together and so thrilled for his success. 
But we can move on. That's a lot on the Sixers. We can move on to the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors are 13 and 14, a dead even 5 and 5 since the last 15 and 60. They are below water in net rating, negative one point per hundred possessions. And surprisingly, it's a mix of being middle of the road on offense and middle of the road on defense overall, 16th on offense, 18th on defense, 538's Raptor model. And Elo model are actually basically identical on the Raptors. Both think they're going to have a 30% chance of making the playoffs and projected to win 40 games, which would be tied with the Hornets, I believe, for 10th in these. So they'd be right on the fringe of the play-in. Some injury notes for them. Precious Chua is dealing with a shoulder injury, but he's also in the protocols. And Delano Banton was pulled at halftime of their game on Monday against Sacramento with a non-COVID illness. He's unlikely to travel with the team, and that matters more because they're pretty shorthanded. OG Ananobi and Kem Birch are still out for the foreseeable future, and we don't know how how long of a future is unforeseeable, but it's the current time. Then the big picture thing that I wanted to discuss, and this is something that I brought up before, but I just find it so in, so important for the Raptors. I had the conversation about a month ago with Matt Moore for Real Jam Radio on this point as well, which is the overall balance for the Raptors is kind of what I expected offensively, where they're shaky in half-court offense. Their 88.3 offensive rating is 25th in the league, but how they've been able to be 16th despite that struggle is by doing basically everything else really well. The Raptors are playing the lowest proportion of possessions in the half-court, only 75.4% in the league. That is about 5% less possessions in the half-court than the median team, and about 1% clearer of even the next best team in that set. And transition is more efficient than half-court offense, especially when you have a weak half-court offense. So it's not a surprise that Toronto's going to be there. And part of the other part of what they're doing, which is a surprise for me, is the offensive glass. And so Toronto has been the league's best offensive rebounding team. They're getting about 32% of their own misses. And they haven't been efficient on those putbacks. They've been pretty low relative. And when you think about Achua and Kem Birch and Boucher, and sometimes when you're getting that that high of a number, you're getting it from guards too, They can, then you're often bringing it out and doing other stuff. But they're still grabbing so many rebounds that they're fourth in points off of misses, which I really like as a stat that Cleaning the Glass has. Where So that's not only factoring how many rebounds you get, but how efficient you are at putting them back in. So when you put a shaky half-court offense with running really aggressively off of both steals, which they're getting a ton of, and live rebounds, then you make you make this kind of work. And so the idea behind the wraps, if they can get there, is a small step up defensively could create a few more feedback loops because they're running so well off of live rebounds, and maybe that's the way this all works. Yeah, it sure would be nice if they could get OG Ananobi back for that, though. Again, another one of these ensemble casts that really is going to struggle without their full complement, particularly because I think having Siakam, Ananobi, and Barnes all available is so key to what they want to do defensively. You mentioned how they need to get better on defense. I think them being 18th is a pretty massive disappointment, given who's available and not entirely surprising. But to play they want the way they want to play, switching doing a lot of pressuring throwing in some zones they really need to have elite personnel there other thing i think we should probably haven't talked about enough on this program is that fred van vliet is having a really really nice season some of the on-off metrics are putting him in all-star territory he's never been a great inside the arc shooter but he's shooting it well from outside he's doing it without kyle lowry for the first time really without any other natural point guard you know banton is kind of the backup point guard most of the time he's playing a ton of minutes for them as he has for basically his entire toronto career which has been really impressive well 
and even though it, even though yeah. Van Vliet's shooting below fifty percent on twos, forty eight percent where he is right now, that's the best of his career. It's another way that a player can be more efficient and not really getting to the line more, but doing better around the basket than he has ever done before. And the mid ranger, I mean, sixty nine percent on long twos. That's probably unsustainable, but it's a small. It's only ten percent of Van Vliet shots. Um, I know that my punishment for getting that smiley geech thing wrong is that I have to watch Plumlee post-ups, but could maybe a secondary one that would be more applicable to this year, maybe we'll, we'll do a new bet this year, would be to figure out how on earth Precious Achua is shooting, has true shooting, true shooting of 42% this year. A center, an athletic center, 42% true shooting, like how that's possible, what kind of terrible shots he's taking. Well, one that part of that is to that. Achua, only 40% of his attempts are in the restricted area. Yeah, if he could, if he could up that to like 99.9%, that might be better <laughs> for him. Yeah, and, it, and so, you know, taking a few threes, he's only making 27% of those. Also, Achua, not getting to the line much, he's only taken 35 free throws the whole year, but shooting 54% on those, that's not really helping your true shooting either. Actually, it's helping his, but it's not helping most people's. <laughs> yeah. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns. You can customize things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets. And you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com. Use the code CAPSPACE. Use the CAPSPACE. We talk all the time here on the program. You get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O. Indochino.com. And don't forget that CAPSPACE code to let them know that you came from us. Let's get to the Washington Wizards. They're down to 15 and 13. That 10 and 3 start is well into the rearview mirror. They're a mere 4 and 8 since the last 15 and 16. Negative 1.7 net rating. Now they have overperformed their net rating to get to that 10 and 3 to begin with. 24th in the NBA, that negative 1.7 net rating. 25th on offense, Danny. Yeah. That is way lower than expected. Defensively, they were in the top 10. That's fallen down. They don't have, uh, I think they were even in the top five at one point during that 10 and 3 start. They don't have that. Uh, 
level of talent defensively. I don't think it's fair to expect them to be in the top five or even the top 10. They're now projecting to miss the playoffs. 12th seed, 39 wins. Again, the, the, a lot of teams right in that range. 23% chance of the playoffs per Raptor. Elo likes them a little bit better. 36%. And yeah, that 25th on offense is just really, really disappointing for this team. What's going on with them? On kind of the player availability front, Kyle Kuzma is in the protocols and Rui Hachimura is traveling with the team on this six-game road trip, but he does not have a return date set, so we'll, we'll kind of see what happens there. And as you mentioned, the Wizards are outperforming their point differential by a lot. That's the third most in the league behind Phoenix and OKC. They were actually tied with Phoenix for the lead in that particular stat before losing at the hands of the Denver Nuggets on Monday. And one big concern for the Wizards is that basically all of their perimeter players are below 55% true shooting. And yes, league average, you know, you, you that balances out. Big men are typically more efficient by that measure because they're taking more shots around the basket. And the Grizz, or sorry, the Wiz big men have been there. You know, Gafford and Montrez are both in the high 60s, I think 68 and 69% respectively. But Bradley Beal, 52% true shooting. Dinwiddie, 51. Kuzma, 53. Denny Avdia, 51. Kispert, 53. Do you think like, okay, and Berton's 51. Like those guys are shooters and, and they're below the standard as well. And they're pretty low usage. So that's that's a concern, and so you kind of and the only guy who's fifty five percent or above on the perimeter is KCP. He's at fifty five exactly. So that is a, a that is a concern. But the bigger one in terms of offense, though, you could say, okay, well, this is something that should obviously improve. Is that Bradley Beal is even though he's been better recently, he's still really struggling this year. Twenty seven percent from three. Oh. We're now he's played twenty five games. Yeah, that's that is and Zach Lowe brought this up the other day that you know remember the the Wiz have the extension offer presumably still on the table of four years for the max he hasn't signed it i maybe because he wants to be a free agent maybe because he wants to get the five years i would think you know maybe if he does get there and he has this type of year i mean he was he averaged 31.3 points last year and he's down to 22.4 this year and he's taking fewer threes he's not making as many of them he's down from 8.4 attempts per game in 1920 his age 26 season to 5.5 this year his two-point shooting isn't really that much different than it's been a lot of his career that's 51 percent. so that's that's okay other huge thing though free throw attempts way down 7.7 last year 8.0 in 1920 now down to 4.4 free throw attempts per game this season and so yeah i mean he always took maybe more long twos than you'd like but he had really worked on getting to the foul line he was his career high was 5.5 through his age 25 season and then he was 8 and 7.7 the last two years and now he's down to 4.4 again which is where he was for a lot of the years before that and so Beal was kind of you know wasn't really in serious all NBA consideration I would say until the last couple of years and now he's not in serious all NBA consideration again and if he were just having his normal season I think the Wiz would be feeling pretty comfortable maybe not about getting out of the plane but at least being in the plan mix maybe even home court advantage in the play and anything else we can talk about with these guys in terms of just their overall performance well it's the overall defense is 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 fascinating because the Wizards. so if you're struggling as much this offense offensively you probably need to be league average defensively to stay in the mix and right now they have 
been. And they're doing a couple of things that can make it a lot harder to be strong defensively. They don't force any turnovers. 12% is one of the lowest in the league. And they're fouling an absolute ton. Part of what's part of what's led to the success is a little bit of shooting luck, but also the Wizards are number one in opponent lo- location effective field goal percentage because they give up basically no threes under 31 percent. Next lowest is Indian over 32, so they're yeah, well that, there. That's percentage of your shots of, of opponent shots. Yes, yeah. so that's where teams are taking their shots. So teams are taking almost as many floaters as they are threes against the Wizards, which is wild, and the fourth most long twos. So they're they're getting those benefits. Teams are taking shots in quote-unquote the right places and so that's a part of why the Wizards are sixth in the league in opponent effective field goal percentage and then they're also doing a good job on the defensive glass Gafford and, and Montrezl Harrell are doing that but also it is a it is a team effort for them so it's it's interesting it's it feels so weird to see a team that is top half in defense and bottom four in two of the four factors but opponent shooting is the most important one and they're doing well there and then they have the other one that they're ending possession all right well thanks for joining us here uh, sticking with us for this the denim sorry we couldn't get this all out yesterday but hopefully you appreciate having a, a second free pod this week uh, on the 15 and 60 got plenty of content coming up still of course for dunked on pride subscribers later this week it's a great gift to get people for christmas uh, as well that is available we'll talk to you all soon at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.